Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle instead of Podbean. We're also on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Also, the Five Reasons YouTube channel, 20,000 subscribers. We're like nudged up against it. Could you please help us? Plus, you'll get great content all across the South Florida sports, including Dolphins content, Hurricanes content, and more. FiveReasonsSports.com, spell that one out. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We've been mentioning this one to you a lot, okay? And, and so we're going to tell you more about it. It's called Mobile CRM and Staffing Services. So what is this, right? That's what people are asking. Well, what they do is they rent CRM equipment on a short and long-term basis to hospitals, surgery centers, chiropractic offices, and pain management offices. They service office-based procedures, pain management offices, chiropractic offices, cadaver courses. They do all of that stuff. And they can rent the CRM equipment out to an office and also send an x-ray technologist to actually run the machine. But check it out for yourself online. Check, our friend Nelson will help you. He'll go through everything with you. Just fill out a form. He will get right back to you. He's a huge Miami Heat fan. C-armandstaffing.com. That's C-C, as in like Carolina, R-armandstaffing.com, 561-891-9620. 561-891-9620. And now, today's episode. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck the said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm going to get some help because if you have been following any of my social media, well, my Twitter, you find I wasn't really wasn't very active the past couple of days. It's actually on a camping trip with my daughter, which was pre-planned. And so essentially I was at the first game and I've only been able to catch up with sort of bits and pieces of games two and games three. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to enlist my crew here. We've got everybody, Greg Sylvander. You can follow me at Greg Sylvander, Brady Hawk. You can follow at Brady Hawk 305 and Alex Toledo. You can follow at tropical blanket and they're going to help me through this. Okay. If somebody who has not seen the last two games in their entirety, and of course, First game was a loss to Chicago. I was there. The second was a loss to Boston. I was not there. And the third one was a win against Toronto. Great first half. And then kind of almost let the thing get away late or let it get too close. Um, and so we're going to do this. This is going to be like uh, heat start for dummies. Okay. Like what the heck is going on here? Because they're one and two. They got another game with Toronto coming up. They're trying to salvage this homestand essentially by going two and two, we're going to go through what's been bad and what's been good. We're going to start with the bad news first. Okay. Cause I don't want anybody saying we're sunshine pumping here when this team is one and two. So I'm going to give, I'm going to go around the horn here and we're going to keep this tight. Okay. One minute each maximum. I'm literally going to buzzer this thing. Okay. I want each of you to tell me one thing that you're concerned about something that has not worked out the way it should so far. It's early. We're three, three eighty seconds into the. It's literally the equivalent. Okay. Of what less than one NFL game, even with 17 games being played, essentially it's one NFL game, three out of 82. Now it's one out of 17. It's one NFL game. Okay. 
Nobody in South Florida overreacts to that, right? Like never. Okay. But we're going to try to cut the overreactions down a little bit here and go through it. All right. So I will start with you, Brady. Give me the number one thing that has not gone the way that you thought it might or hoped it might for the Heat through three games. Yeah, when talking about the bad, I think the initial thing that I've kind of noticed is the turnovers. Uh, usually for a slower-paced team, uh, you wouldn't think they would be kind of be producing this number of turnovers. It's at 45 over three games, uh, which is 27th in the league. Uh, and it's kind of it's kind of worse when you look at the teams around them in that range because it's just kind of funnier when you see kind of like the worst teams. I know Denver, I think, is actually last. Uh, but you can't turn the ball over, I guess, in that way. You have to kind of be uh, better. Uh, Greg mentioned kind of like Bam was kind of a big part of that as well. Like the, the decision-making in that first game was just kind of really bad all over the place, throwing the ball out of bounds. Some of the stuff in the half court was kind of just forcing stuff. We've just seen a lot of that where uh, – Part of that will be kind of Kyle trying to – we talk about calming some of that stuff down with point guard play, but you cannot be a high turnover team and also a low pace team. Like that is kind of the, the total opposite things. If you're high pace, then maybe you can get by because maybe you're getting more possessions in. Uh, but those are just kind of double negatives in my opinion. So toning down those turnovers is kind of something that I'm just going to be watching. I just don't think that was uh, something that was a positive, I guess. And I guess – uh, it'll depend on who who kind of dictates the usage moving forward because uh, it's three games. We don't really know what the usage is going to look like over, let's say, a 20-game sample size. But for now, uh, we'll see how it kind of develops, I guess. Alex, go. So for me, I just think their offensive output in general, I'm not necessarily worried about it in the sense that, you know, I'm, I'm a lot more worried about it than I was when the season started. But it's it's been a little more up and down than I think you would want to see, considering you're bringing back a team and uh, that's pretty much almost exact exactly the same as it was last year. You're not playing any of the new guys yet, right? Even though they played a little bit of Haywood Highsmith, who you know didn't play much last season, and they played him in weird lineups, right? That hasn't really been talked about much. Uh, we didn't see any of it last night, but the offense has been a little bit too up and down for my liking. I, I generally like the process, and shout out Brady for the work he's been doing. Um, X's and O's wise on Twitter and uh, for the website, pointing out everything that the Heat have been doing. But just in general, I think the, the process is fine. It's good. Um, the only thing that I'm concerned about individually is Bam, because I, I don't really see much differences in the way that they're using him. So I'm fearing that it's going to be kind of a similar thing going on, maybe with a couple more shot attempts a game. But as far as the team overall, like they're not, they're, they're small. So they're not going to be able to make up for the for it on the offensive glass they they turn the ball over they're playing at a faster pace which i looked up before so far obviously through three games but um a lot of it is i think is going to be dependent on just the shooting from a night-to-night -night basis which is stuff that we've seen from this heat team before so I'm, I'm just wondering if this whole lean offense thing is going to end up turning out the way that we maybe hoped it would or you know and from an optimistic perspective all right greg go I'm concerned that they're going to get out rebounded consistently and particularly on the offensive glass, the further away Bam Adebayo is from the basket. That is a concern that I don't see them being able to get away from at this current moment. They don't look like they're necessarily making a ton of adjustments that are going to get him closer to the rim. Although obviously it's game to game. I will say that like the other big part of the beginning of the season, that's been no good offensively is that they've been stagnant. There's been moments where there's ball stopping. They're pounding the ball. Assists are down. Threes are down. These are things 
things that the Heat thrive on. So to me, those are the things that are most concerning to start, but I'm not that concerned um, overall. I feel like this is essentially where we thought they'd be, uh, but they need to um, definitely close out this homestand strong. You know what I'm surprised about? Because following uh, particularly the Boston game on Twitter is that all of you guys leaned offense here. And it seems to me like the Heat Twitter concern is more on defense. Um, I, I know you mentioned rebounding, which ties in with it. But, uh, I mean, they're giving up a de- decent amount of points at this stage. I know with Toronto, it was mostly after the game was seemingly decided. But uh, that seems to be where, where I, you know, when I'm following others, you know, who I respect on Heat Twitter, I'm, I'm seeing some of this stuff about how many bad defenders the Heat are playing in their rotation or, or, you know, not plus defenders. That's something I know, Alex, you've pointed out in the past that that, that can be an issue. They've inserted more of those. I guess my overall concern, and again, I, I, the last two I've, you know, followed, just followed, okay? I haven't, I haven't watched, watched. But in, in watching the first game against Chicago, you know, my, my concern here a little bit is that if they're going to lean offense, the offense better be good because they are sacrificing on the defensive end. And I don't know exactly what the solutions are on the defensive end if they're going to be playing some of these guys and they're going to be playing small. I also think it's funny that that one of the lineups that was suggested out there that is actually performed reasonably well is three guards with Jimmy and Bam, which makes you even smaller. Um, although the metrics on that in a small sample size, really tiny sample size, have been really good. But this idea now that all year long, you've got Jimmy now, and I saw Alex and Brady have been asking excellent questions at the press conferences, but this whole idea that, okay, Jimmy's like, well, Gabe can guard up. Kyle can guard up. I mean, Caleb can guard up the whole damn team has to guard up. Okay. And I know that there are a lot of people, heat fans who are not very comfortable with that. And if you're going to be putting out a lineup, that's going to be guarding up all the time, you better be damn good offensively to make up for that. And so far that has been stagnant, as you've said. Okay. The other thing I, I that none of you mentioned as much as I expected is that the three point shooting, particularly in the first two games uh, was way down from a volume perspective. And uh, Brady, I know you've hit on this and then we'll get to some of the good stuff after the break. The, the uh, you know, you can't be both. You can't be slow paced <laughs> and not be taking threes when you don't really have a dynamic, you know, post threat uh, down there. And, and so, you know, there is a lot of half uh, glass, uh, glass, uh, half empty stuff. And, and this comes in from Alex, you know, 18th in defensive rating right now. Um, and right. You can only lean offense if the defense is good also, because if you can't close possessions defensively, get the rebound and get out into early offense and transition, you're going to struggle on offense too. So it all plays into it right now. So there seems to be a bunch of issues. All right. I'm going to go around one more time now, now that we've discussed this, is there anything else and I'll start now with, I'll go with Greg first. We'll go back to Alex and then to Brady, and then we'll get to some of the stuff that has been decent. Uh, another concern, perhaps, give me, let's go to individual player concerns this time instead of the sort of the overriding stuff. Give me an individual player you're concerned about. Undoubtedly, Kyle Lowry. And even though in the last two games, his effort has been improved, his play has been improved, he looks focused. Um, and I want to just see more of that. I feel like that's not something that we've seen every single moment from Kyle Lowry when he's been on the court, excuse me. And um, I just want to see that consistently because I think this is a year more than ever that they're going to need him to play to his utmost capabilities, uh, particularly early in the season as Oladipo is not a factor at this moment. So to me, Kyle Lowry is the guy 100% that I'm watching. He has 
responded in the last couple games and really uh, gotten better. But that's something that they're going to need consistently. It can't be that you take two weeks off and then you come back and have a couple good games. Consistency with him all season long is where I'm watching. Uh, let's go to Alex. So if, if you want to go to player red flags, for me, the only other one that stands out um, is Dwayne Dedman, and maybe it's too easy of an answer. He just, uh, even though he had a pretty good game one, and we, were, I was talking about this with Brady at the game last night, like it just seems like when he's on the floor, um, they get outplayed. And that was absolutely the case in the Boston game. And, I, I, you know, so I don't want it to just be like, you know, we just came off that game, so that's why I'm feeling that way now. Because I do think he's been solid for the most part for the time that he's been here, and I do think he trailed off uh, towards the end of uh, the last playoff run specifically versus the Celtics, he was unplayable. So, look, that it's not a great matchup for him. He's not he, – you know, he's a backup five, but it's not going to be a big problem because they have other guys that they can eventually play there. I just don't know how long it will take. And just to uh, end it here, to go back to your point from before, Ethan, like they just haven't been a great transition team on either end. And I think some of it has to do with – a shout-out Tiffany who was saying this when she was on the other night – you know, she said it best, like if the whole team is trying to overcompensate for how small they are by gang rebounding and trying to play above their size, like they're giving up uh, in transition because you can't you can't do both things. And she was she just articulated perfectly because that's kind of the, the struggle that they're towing right now, trying to, you know, tow that line. So, yeah, individually, Deadman and as a team, I think this is stuff that they've already worked through in the past, but it's just going to be a little harder now when you don't have P.J. Tucker there to help. Uh, cover up some of those things that they have to work through now. Brady? Yeah, if I was – I think those are the two main guys that you probably would want to mention. I would have leaned uh, in the Deadman way, but I'm going to get away from the player for a second and just – because you did mention the defense. Now we didn't mention the defense, which, which by the way, you did give us a minute cutoff. So that's kind of the reason we didn't get to it, Ethan. So I just want to say the, the reason why defensive rotations, I guess, weren't there uh, – is kind of the concern for me because you're talking about this defense being, you know, this team being a defensive team, uh, the preseason when they were running out lineups with, like I said before, with Jovic and, and Kane and all these guys, um, they were really good defensively. Like they were rotating at a high level. Like they were doing all this stuff defensively on a string. Uh, that wasn't the case specifically in the first two and a half games, basically like maybe two in a, in a quarter because uh, they kind of cleaned it up yesterday a little bit in the second half and into the second quarter is the kind of uh in that range, but generally the rotations have been off where like there are two guys are rotating to the same guy. All of a sudden you're getting open three. Uh, and then Greg touched on the rebounding and soft switching uh, bam ending up on, on the perimeter and obviously hurting the rebounding. But the difference is, is that uh, it just, I think they're going to get to a point where they're going to have to play a little bit of drop with Bam. Like that's my concern is that I feel like there needs to be a little bit of a mix up where teams can't just come in like a team like Boston coming in and saying, I can pick my defender every time down because I know every possession down there soft switching. Like that's a problem to me. And I know it's the second game and they're probably not going to show all their cards at this point in the season, but uh, that's just kind of my minor concern defensively right now that number one, their defensive rotations have to be crisp. And number two, I feel like we're going to have to get to a point where in the, the bench lineup, you're going to see more zone in the starting lineup, you're going to see more drops. So I just want to see a little bit more of a mix, I guess. All right, we're going to get to the good stuff uh, here in a second. I can tell you just based on the quick Twitter review, the, the Deadman conversation has completely changed from, from when he came in. And, and it just it just may be a situation where they got a little too cute here. I, I understand 
the, the contract and it's a tradable contract, regardless of how he plays. That's why they gave him the money that they did. So it's a reward for him for the way that he performed when he came in here, basically off his couch, although he didn't like to say it was off his couch and gave them really good minutes. Last year, he dropped off as the season went on, was kind of unplayable at the end of it. Now I feel like if Yurt was healthy, he would be playing. Um, and I think that is funny to me that the conversation has now shifted to playing Jovic when everybody, the whole off season was about playing Yurt. I, I think it's going to be Yurt. Okay. That, that steps in for Deadman here. I don't know that that necessarily is going to make you better defensively though. So that's, that's one of the other things they're going to have to deal with, but at least uh, they may get more rebounding. They get, may get a little bit more production from that spot. The on off minutes with Bam are frightening right now. That, that has to be corrected one way or the other. And so, and just this idea of we're just going to play Deadman, even if he's, we're going to run him into the ground until, you know, we can trade him in mid January. I, I don't know that that's a solution. I think they have other solutions in house that you're going to see them uh, go to. All right, let's get to this real quick here. Uh, before we do I want to tell you about our, our product code It's five RSN. That's the number five RSN. That's how you can get manscaped. That's for all your grooming products. Okay. Below the belt, etc. your balls and your body will thank you. You know what I say every single time they send you a bunch of free stuff too. They got the cologne, they got the deodorant. They'll give you free razors. Okay. Or, or razor blades. Um, after you use the ones you've got, go to manscaped.com. You'll get 20% off therapistpreferred.com. That's premium CBD. They got a new sports cream there. That's even stronger. It's better. And it's still legal. Okay. Everywhere. All right. So go again, this is premium CBD. This is for recovery. This is for sleep. Therapistpreferred.com, 25% off. Manscaped.com, 20% off. Product code five. It's number five, RSN. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. All right, now, judging by Heat fans, there's nothing here, okay? So I'm only giving you each one minute. We're not going to go back around this time, okay? Tell me something good that has happened. Let's start with you this time, Greg. Sunshine pumping it is. No, so Tyler Hero has 1 million percent taken a jump physically. He is doing things, uh, initiating contact, getting downhill, finishing uh, amongst contact that he was not doing before. If you dispute that, you lack eyes. So, like, that is a huge plus to me. He looks like a player that's primed to be able to score no matter the defense. Nothing has made him look shook so far. So, to me, a, a major takeaway, big picture perspective is that Tyler Hero is becoming more and more a player that you can lean on offensively for an entire game. Alex. 
So to me, um, it's Bam. And I know it's a little controversial right now because, uh, believe it or not, you know, he Twitter overreacted to that early BAM game <laughs> where uh, he shot, what was it, 5 of 15 from the field, and he just didn't have a great night. He did. He's had two games already with five turnovers. So all of that is to be is to say that this is part of BAM's growth trajectory. And I've said this before. I said this a couple of nights ago. I think these are growing pains. Like, I think this is the type of stuff that he has to go through this season in order to become – you know, the player that he fans want him to be, or at least something closer to that, because I think he fans think that he can be, you know, 90% of Giannis. I don't think he's going to get there, but he can definitely become a much better, you know, a much more efficient scorer than what he has been in the past. And like I said earlier in the show, I think um, a lot of the ways um, that they're using him have not really changed, but we have seen him attempt to take more shots since the preseason started. Right. And last night, I think he only uh, finished with, 11 field goal attempts. I, I mean, I'm just going off memory right now, but for the most part, I think it's been a good effort from him to try to get his shots up. And I, that's, I think what we all wanted to see, because we know how he is on defense. We know that he's uh, one of one on that end of the floor. And so, you know, it's good to see Bam doing his thing. I think the pick and roll chemistry with Tyler, we all knew uh, how good it was. And it's been very apparent since that started uh, once again. So I think Tyler and Bam have really been the two biggest positives and uh, the other answer that I almost gave was Kyle Lowry just for his last two games because, man, that game one was awful. So just to see him have, give you two games where he actually looked like his old self, you know, a little bit uh, was good to see. But really the, the answers are, are Tyler and Bam. Brady? Yeah, I'm going to go with the two contract guys coming up this offseason. That's Gabe and Max. Like, I think their improvements have been viable over these last three games. Like, Gabe had one kind of – Issue, like kind of didn't have a great game one and I'd say Max didn't have a great game two uh, but generally you notice the improvements that they've had like if you're thinking about what Gabe uh, we know what Gabe is as a player but what did he have to kind of improve on was he kept talking about efficiency like he, he's going to get the same shot diet in terms of attempts but he has to take advantage of those attempts and I, I think the number was 46 percent and once again super small sample size like it's three games but he shot 46 percent uh, he came in immediately in the, in the last game and played really well uh, like, and he played really well in the end of game two, even though they lost, like he was taking over in isolations, like hitting big shots. Uh, and then the flip side of that is Max Struess doing things on the defensive end, which I was talking about a lot last night, uh, because the stuff he was doing on rotations and just, uh, kind of swinging over from weak side, getting a charge and just being in the right spots. Like if he could be that type of off ball player consistently on the defensive end, like that changes a lot of their lineups and the way they look, because, I believe right now he's going to be a closer most nights. Like that's just the way things are. So if he provides that, it changes things a lot. And the other thing about Max is he's being an inside the arc threat. Like he's not, we kept talking, like when Duncan Robinson was like really hitting his peak, we kept kind of projecting and saying one dribble pull up into a mid range. Can he do stuff and provide enough inside the lane? Like Max is doing that right now. Like he is legitimately brought out a floater last night. He's consistently getting to the rim because he just, such a good cutter and mover without the ball and they're running stuff for him late in the game. They ran like a curl screen play for him and he ends up getting a wide open dunk just because precious didn't read the play. Like the fact that they trust Max Struess at the end of games to make plays as a driver is what stands out to me. So uh, if he can provide this type of stuff, if both of them can provide this type of stuff that we were kind of projecting a little bit and this, these improvements actually begin to fall into place. Like I feel like that's a major positive, I guess, following game three. I was going to say Max too, but here's the other one. 
There are other teams that are struggling too. That to me, that's a positive. The Philadelphia, Philadelphia. 76ers, <laughs> PJ Tucker, I mean, is already fed up with it up there. That took th- literally three games. Uh, so the fact that the Heat start one and two against a challenging schedule, I know it's at home. I know it's at home. I'm not going to justify it. Okay. You, you, the hope was you got out of this, you know, three and one. Okay. I think that was what most people were, were hoping for. It's, it is a challenging open for them, but you wanted to see them play better than they played the first two games for sure. But other teams are struggling. Nobody's going to run away with this thing in the East. Okay. Boston looks like the best team, uh, mostly because Milwaukee's not healthy, but Miami's not going to be dead and buried after the first month. Okay. This, this West coast swing is challenging. Even the game in Portland is going to be tough. Golden state for sure is going to be tough. And Heat fans are going to freak out with everything, but they do need some time to work this out. I know we talk about continuity. I get it, but there's different combinations. Different players are playing different roles. It was going to take time. I would say from what I saw, okay, just again, first game and then highlights hero and Struess, um have been real positives in terms of stepping in to different roles. And look, Depot's not back yet. We don't know when that's going to happen. I can't say you can count on it because this situation has been fraught with turbulence from the start, continues to be. But if Max Struess has given you 20 consistently, not or occasionally off the bench, that's a real positive for you. So we'll see what happens. Um, I will be back uh, in the groove this week. Okay, so we'll get uh, all the content. We appreciate everybody who's stepped in. On the uh, on the Five Reasons YouTube channel, people like Tiffany and and Kenny uh, jumping in there from Miami Heat Beat and others, and we'll have more of that for you. But we're just going to blitz you with content the whole season. Thanks to our sponsors, C Arm and Staffing.com, and also TherapistPreferred.com, Manscaped.com, Five RSN. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.